Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie and the movie Footloose. You probably guessed it already. This is from the most iconic scene of the movie, correct? Yeah, I mean, this song is Footloose. This is Footloose. <laughs> this, this song is, is called Footloose. Yeah, I mean, it's back when they, when they actually made music specifically themed for the movies, like even naming 100%. songs. 100%. Yeah, naming songs after the damn movie. Yeah, and Kenny title. Loggins tried to do all of them. but <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, he made a lot of cash back then. Yeah, man. He, he, had, he had Top Gun. He had Danger Zone and Top Gun. He, he was a go-to guy for those all movies. all right for Caddyshack. <laughs> I feel like he had some more too, but hey, I was that he was he was a go-to guy. I was like, can we can we get Kenny? Is Kenny available? Is Kenny available? Is Kenny available for this one? Yeah. Uh, there you go, my man Patrick. Did a great job uh, with midweek movie music. Uh, you also can be a part of the show. Specs text line. It's been lit all day. We appreciate your participation on the Specs text line. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You also hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge at Hardball Harge, and my man Patrick Davis said it's Patrick Davis. In the Twitterverse, I got a couple of uh, r- uh, not random stories, but a few items that I want to hit here that are Longhorn related items uh, that I want to get to. We'll also get to some NBA news, notes, and nuggets next segment. I'm talking about the Mavs, uh, actually Spurs and Rockets. All those teams are in action tonight, so we'll talk some NBA coming up next segment. Uh, let's jump into these Longhorn related topics. So there are a couple of these things I want to hit really quickly, uh, and some I'm sure Longhorns don't care about at all, and some I think they probably care about more than others. So this uh, article from ESPN uh, recently listed coaches they believe are on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, and is Adam Rittenberg, so I'll give him credit, or at least let you know who you can who you can send <laughs> you your can complaints to. <laughs> yeah, send your complaints to these people. ESPN writer uh, listed Coach Sark as a coach to keep an eye on on the coaching hot seat, which, by the way, let me preface our conversation by saying I think it's ridiculous. Um, right. uh, we uh, all think it's ridiculous. Unless he ends up going five and seven. If he goes five and seven, yeah. Yeah. On it, game changes. Hot seat gonna yeah. be yeah. It's gonna be in fuego. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is what I told Harge is Sark is not on the hot seat until Archie Manning is not good. Until Archie Manning is not good at, at football. Basically he's got through Quinn Ewers and if Quinn Ewers is not good, then they're like, okay, put in Arch Manning. And if Arch Manning is not good, then, this guy then it's good. Sark's problem, yeah. and they got to get rid of him. But until then, but, all right, like I said, you have a disastrous season. Yeah, you have yeah, a yeah, but yeah, that, in that yeah. season, that would be, that's gonna but happen, that would be putting Arch in too. Because if you have started to have a disastrous season, then you probably have to put in Arch because everyone will catch you. That's a good you know, point. If Quinn, and, yeah, if the Quinn experiment is not working, yeah, then you put in Arch, that's and good then point. if then if he's no good and you you're still losing, 
Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well, now you said you've recruited great guys, but you clearly can't use them. If he, I don't think that happens, by the way. I, I totally agree with you. If he doesn't have some crazy season that, you know, re- crazy regression of some kind, yeah. I think you're right. I love what you the way you played it. He's got to... Arch looks bad. It's like, Arch looking bad too? Man, this dude yeah. know what the hell he's doing. Get him right, out of here. Right, yeah. right. So that's th- that's how far away he is from the hot seat, though, is he is two top recruits away being bad right. from really being fired, and that's a hard thing to do in one season. Uh, yeah. No, I totally It could agree. happen, but it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is a hard thing to do. Uh, so this is what Adam Rittenberg writes. Sarkeesian is 13 and 12 at Texas, continuing a head coaching tenure, no 10 win seasons, only one nine win season that hasn't come close to what he accomplished as a coordinator. He signed through 2026 and would be owed $12.6 million if fired this year. But Texas has the funds if the team backslides this year. The arrival of decorated quarterback Arch Manning helps uh, Sarkeesian's chances in of coaching in 2024. What could hurt him? Two attractive replacement candidates within the state and Sonny Dykes, who just took TCU the national title game and UTSA's Jeff Trailer is mentioned. Oh yeah, uh, I know this. Uh, Jeff Trailer's a hell of a coach. We we both we're all fans of Jeff Trailer. Um, but Texas does return a lot of stars. It mentions that uh, ten of those on offense, uh, seventeen of twenty-two stars returning overall. And I I, I agree with both of you guys. I don't think that Sark is on the hot seat. I think they want him to be their head coach when they're coaching in the SEC. That's why he's building this team from the inside out, trying to play bully ball, wants to play the type of football that in the on the line of scr- in the line of scrimmage league that the the SEC is um that Texas can thrive in that uh in that circumstance in that ecosystem I should say my one thing about Sark is I I am a little concerned this year if he doesn't two things if he doesn't forge or create a or build a sufficient identity after losing Bijan and Rojo he essentially has had training wheels for the first mm-hmm. two years he's been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about the best damn training wheels in the country. <laughs> yeah. Like B. John Robinson, the best running back in the country, and Roshan Johnson, I don't know, eighth or ninth best running back in the country, potentially. I mean, he, he got both those guys might be top ten running backs in the country this year. I mean, that's how good they were. I'm not making it up. Pro football I Focus, really thought that, too. Pro Football Focus ranked them both in the top ten. And so. I'm not being it, hyperbolic either about it. it yeah. Those dudes were balling, and you gave the numbers – Oh, broken tackles! The, yeah, they were the best. They were the best. Uh, yeah. Pro Football Focus uh, record in the Pro Football Focus era for uh, broken tackles or forced missed tackles is Bijan's 104, I believe, and Rojo over the last two years highest broken tackle rate in the country. Yes, higher than Bijan Robinson. Actually, an average more yards after contact per rush than yeah. Bijan Robinson. Those guys were special. But getting back to it, so now you don't have those training wheels anymore. Yeah. And we all thought we'd get a sneak peek at the new identity of the Texas offense versus Washington in the bowl game. And honestly, it just it looked like an offense without an identity. Exactly what it looked like. And the only reason why I would <laughs> give him a little bit of a pass is because after the game, we realized that Jonathan Brooks was dealing with a double hernia. He Fair was, uh, you know, he Good was point. going, he was going to have hernia surgery. So I'm like, okay. Maybe th- he knew that going into the game, and maybe they found out, and he was like, well, I'm not going to put this kid through this right now. Totally we got good. a whole offseason, so I'm going to leave it at that. Could be. That well, was his only saving grace on that one. Well, what happened to Jaden Blue? Jaden Blue can't play either? I think Jaden Blue was at that point where he was like, I ain't going in there. What you doing to me, Doc? Really? Because remember, well, you got to remember, he told us this is Sark's words that he was going to play Jaden Blue. He said he's going to play all three backs. We're going to play, and we didn't see but one. 
Two. And you saw two. That's you it. saw Jonathan Brooks. Keelan Robinson but, but started. Was, why not play all three? Like you said and you were if, going to. Yeah, because then if, if one of them's hurt, yes. he doesn't have to play as much. You exactly. don't have to put too much of a burden on them. So you I play get your all point. three. Yeah. I still don't understand I, I, why you yeah. didn't play all three. I, I, the only thing that I could think is that there might have been something internal for Jaden Blue because we did hear that there was reports that he may have entered the tra- – he was thinking about entering the transfer after portal the right after. So it may have been something where internally the night before it happened, it sometimes happens at bowl games. That's a possibility. I, would, I have no – I've seen no reports of it, so I don't want to put that on the young man that mm-hmm. that happened. But, I, again, it makes zero sense. I, I think he was upset because he didn't play. I think you know what I'm saying? I was going to play, and then the other guy in front of me got an injury, and you just started a utility back in the backfield, and I'm not playing? I think like, yeah. man, I'm going to transfer a board. I think that's what it was about, but I can be off to. I don't know. I, that's no, me it, speculating. It, 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 all three of us can agree. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we can agree upon. Yeah, it did, exactly. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll agree to disagree, but we can agree on that for sure. Uh, it just didn't make a lot of sense, and I you know, I, I love what he did with Quinn Ewers. I thought Quinn Ewers actually did improve and actually looked like one of his best games. Um, yeah. Uh, as a passer, so I like what they did with him. But you still need to find an identity for this offense. That's something you do as well, if not better than everybody else. And then number two, I gotta see you start winning the chess match within the game against good coaches. A good coach, by definition, is a coach that can win at least sixty percent of their games. That's what the College Football Hall of Fame. That's their criteria. The reason Mike Leach right now they're thinking about changing the rule. He's at fifty nine point five percent winning percentage over his career. The late great Mike Leach, rest in peace. And the College Football Hall of Fame is saying, yeah, we don't know if we're gonna let him in because our bar is sixty percent. You got to be at least a sixty percent win coach to get up in here. And everybody's saying, well, if Mike Leach ain't in your Hall of Fame, your Hall of Fame sucks. So right, round up. <laughs> right. Uh, and I totally agree with that, by the way. But I digress. Getting back to it, you know Sark's winning percentage versus coaches who win at least 60% of their games? 40%. Mm-hmm. He's winning 40% of those games. Yeah. Got to do better. And Texas and that's why got to pe- do better. And that's why people keep looking at his 13-12 and 12 record, and maybe that's what led to this conversation. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what brought it up. Now you got all your recruits. You got everything you should possibly need. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go up there and, and get it taken care of. No excuses. No, yeah. Uh, no, I totally get it. Yeah, he's got the roster turned over sufficiently for him, and uh, this is a big year for Sark, man, especially because the, the Big 12, there doesn't seem to be a dominant team in the Big 12 returning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some good teams, but no dominant team. It is there for the taking, and hopefully Texas can take it. Please take it. Please take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> needs that good mojo and momentum going into uh, the uh, the SEC uh, play. Okay. Yeah. This is the other. This actually relates to the conversation we were just having about those running backs. So, there was a two four seven sports article about the. They made an all impact team. Essentially, freshman coming in in twenty twenty three. He will make an immediate instant impact. Texas got two of them on here. One mm-hmm. on defense, one on offense. The one on offense, I think, is more important than the one on defense potentially. And the one on defense is a damn good player. They got Cedric Baxter as the running back that is picked to have the most immediate impact in college football for Texas. He's the number one running back in the country coming in in the 2023 class. As we just talked about, yes, you got Jonathan Brooks. Uh, we like Keelan Robinson. He's been more of a utility back for them, a hybrid back, if you will. Um, Jaden Blue is still there. Hell, they just moved Savion Red to running back, too, because they wanted mm-hmm. some more bodies there. From what I'm hearing, though, this kid has the talent, the upside. That if he ends up coming uh, on campus and ends up getting reps early on, he could end up 
laying claim to that position as the top or starting running back for Texas by midseason. He's got that kind of ceiling. Uh, it may be earlier than that. It may be earlier than that. It may be, it may be earlier, earlier than that, that because if you start looking at some of the videos and looking at his body, you know, the one thing about a lot of football players nowadays is their bodies are in the best shape when they get to school. You know, back in the day, some guys had to get into mm-hmm. college football shape. Now all these guys are in that type of shape. So that's why they can come in and be an impactful type of player once they get here. You know, we always talk about the fact of Ricky Williams and what we saw with Cedric Benson. When Cedric Benson came to the University of Texas, we knew that that dude was a grown man yes, when he got there. He was right. built different. Yeah. And uh, we saw that with Bijan. Bijan was built different. Yeah. I think a lot of times, and Rod, you can speak to this as well because. I know when I played at in, in professional baseball, the speed of the game was the biggest challenge for most. When you get there and you see it, you, it's different because you had different guys on your high on your uh, uh, college team that were elite players. Mm-hmm. You were going against them every day, so you playing corner, you got up to speed quicker than most people did. When you, especially if you're at one school and then you go up against a school like this school yeah. where these guys are all thoroughbreds and you come in there and it's like, man, this is a lot faster than what I see in practice. Yep. And that's what happens with a lot of these young players. But when you're at a school like Texas, Alabama, Georgia, you getting quality reps every single day. Every so the day. speed of the game is not going to affect you. Speed of practice is what affects you. So then you get it up, you get to that point where it's like, Okay, now I'm ready to go. So yep. that's why some of these guys can can adapt quickly, and some can't adapt quickly. Yeah, totally agree with you. Football, you know, one those rare sports you practice more than you play, so you got to get really good at practice. Yeah. You need to learn how to practice and learn how to become an elite practice player. It will definitely translate to you uh, to the games. The and one of the other things I liked about <clears throat> Texas last year. And everybody knows I'm a big advocate of two two back sets, 20 personnel, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight ends, two backs, zero tight ends. Uh, and by the way, last year, 21 personnel was their most effective personnel package. Uh, highest yards per attempt, highest yards per play, highest uh, explosive uh, play rate, all of that. You're Easily, when you had Rojo, Bijan, and Keelan Robinson out there, some uh, combination of those two uh, with JT Sanders at tight end and Jay Witt and X-Man at your wide receivers, you were as effective as, as any time last year in any personnel grouping or formation. The 20... One personnel, if they're going to use it this year, obviously you won't have Rojo and you won't have Bijan there, and I do wonder if you'll see it at all. We didn't see it one down, not one down, of two tailback sets in the bowl game. It was their most explosive and their most efficient and effective personnel package during the season, and we didn't see it once when Rojo and Bijan were gone. That's concerning to me because I wonder, and not concerning, it's just intriguing, interesting, because I wonder now if Sark is completely – changing the offense, building it around specific skill sets and traits of the players he currently has, or if there are concepts that are going to carry over from one year to the next. Yeah. Because it seems like that was just a Bijan Rojo thing then. Yeah, because it didn't yeah, because it did not work after they were well, gone. It didn't ever, work. He didn't, he didn't use it. Right. He well, didn't use it at gonna, all. He didn't use it one time in the bowl game. And prior to him coming to Texas, he didn't use he used it at Atlanta when he was transitioning the Shanahan offense to his own offense and he used two tailback sets then. So it made sense, but he was doing it for a purpose. And he didn't use it much at Alabama. And he started using it here at Texas in twenty twenty 
22, but yeah. not so much in 2021. And maybe it's because I kept yelling and screaming about it in the offseason, but he finally started using it more. And I'm thinking maybe that was, that was specific to the players and the personnel that he had, not to him conceptually as a part of his offense yeah. and his ideology. And that's what I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. Well, when you, when you, right now, when you talked about it and the way it's being presented, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of adjustments that he needs to make, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Conceptually. I, I so. Yes. Conceptually. Yes. Yes, I mean, because there's a lot of things that we've looked at and you've broken it all down, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look like the way that he normally would draw something up. And now we're going to have to really see it mm-hmm. because you're going to have youth in the backfield. Yeah. You got a quarterback that has already gone through the fire, dealt mm-hmm. with an injury. Yeah. You got a wide receiver that some are waiting to see if he's going to be the top wide receiver in the country again. You brought in a lot of talent. You got an experienced offensive line. So there should not be a set. Well, the only setback will be the running game. But you got experience on the line now. You got a lot. I say, yeah. you're supposed to be anybody can run behind that old line. You Should got. be. That's how it's supposed to Should be. Should be. To make up for. Because listen, the truth is, and I said this last year, and I'm, I'm, I, was, I was upset to be correct, correct. and accurate yep. in the bowl game. Yep. You don't replace talent like Bijan and Rojo and think your offense is just going to go about you know operating the same as it was. Right. Because those guys take a lot of plays that would have been negative plays and losses, and they turn them into positive plays. Yep. And I could say, honestly, that's, I can I test alone, just watching film, I'd say there are six or seven of those plays a game yep. where Bijan and Rojo broke a tackle in the backfield, made four or five guys miss, and turned something, turned nothing into something. And right. you guys remember it too. Yep. Now, in the bowl game, that running game, that's how it looks when you don't have those cheat codes in the backfield Yeah, that can turn a bad yeah. block of an, a young offensive lineman into a spectacular play. That's what happens. Yeah. So for Sark, that's what you got to deal with. Now, is Jonathan Brooks going to be good? Of course he's going to be good. Yes. Is you know uh, Cedric Bass going to be good? Of course they're going to be good. Are they going to be Bijan Rojo good? Yep. I don't know. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, that's middle first round good. They don't even draft running backs in the first round anymore. You got to be really good. Yeah. You got to be generational good for me to consider draft the running back first round. Now everybody says he's going in the first round. That's how good he is. Are these guys that good? I don't know if they're that good. Uh, they're going to be good, but they're going to have to push it. They're going to have to push it. They're I know have to try to show it. Yeah. Bass was number one running back in the country, just like Bijan. But guys, y'all saw Bijan. That guy's an alien. We yeah. all know. Yeah. There are running backs, and there are run that. There are running backs, and there's that guy. When you looked at when you looked <laughs> when you looked at Cedric Baxter's film, what did you think? Right I like away? him. I think he's great. I think yeah. he's really good. He ain't, he's not talented as Bijan. Right. Sorry, he's not yeah. as talented as Bijan. Even when I was watching Bijan's film, he's not. Sorry. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking at something else. He's not. He's not. And maybe he will, but he's not. Right. Period. Okay. But Rojo wasn't either. Yeah. He was a quarterback coming. He was a quarterback in. coming. Turned into a damn good player. So yep. it's all. It's a gum just saying. It's you all about development again. You miss that guy in the bowl game, you're going to miss him again. Right. That running game is going to miss him. That identity of that offense needs to, it needs to evolve into something else. Quickly. Yeah. Quickly, because you, you don't have much time. You're, you're on the road game two. Yeah. And going up against that monster that is trying to let you know, hey, y'all got – we got out of there lucky. We're not going to be lucky again this time. Yeah. And it's got to – I think you're right. I think the O-line's got to be the one yep. to lead the way. If the O-line is the strength of that offense – Yep. I think it'll help uh, Quinn Ewers, who may be struggling or inconsistent, but also will help that running game, too. The uh, defensive player to make this list for Texas is, I mean, you probably could, could guess it, Anthony Hill, the yep. linebacker, yeah. number one linebacker in the country. Mr. Impactful. Yeah, he's definitely yep. going to make an impact early on. They can use him in a ton of different ways, and uh, I, I think he'll probably end up giving them starting reps by mid to late season, too. 
yeah. at the line. Because, I mean, you're missing DeMarvin on Overshawn. You got Jalen Ford coming back. But you know Jalen Ford's leaving after this year. Right. So you already want to start grooming the next, you know, group of linebackers. And he's it. He is, yeah. It's it. He, he's the starter and the finisher. He's, exactly. That's <laughs> it right there. Everything goes around him. No question. Uh, yeah. One other uh, Longhorn-related story since we're on the uh, topic of talking Texas football. Um, I know Longhorn fans are very upset about the uh, the SP Plus because it always just teases Longhorn fans. Yeah, it gets them too excited. It gets them yeah. It gets Longhorn yeah, fans too way excited, too excited. And I totally get it. SP Plus, it's a... Cumulative predictive um, stat by ESPN that you know combines returning production and recruiting um, success and recruiting numbers and with your recent history, a lot of different stuff. So it's a very you know cu- cumulative stats, a lot of different yeah. variables thrown in there. They got Texas at number nine this year. Texas was like top t- top ten last year too, though. Yeah, I was going to say. So were we I, near I, the top last year and the year before that? Probably uh, too. Texas is always really high in SP plus because it, it looks at all of these different factors like recruiting numbers. Yeah. It looks at returning production and Texas. We all look at it. If, theoretically, Texas should be one of the championship contenders every year based on those variables. But we know talent development and coaching. Yeah. Those, that's something you cannot really quantify or account for in these predictive yeah. stats. Uh, Texas number fourteen ranked offense, number sixteenth ranked defense in this uh, latest SP plus. So you go. Uh, I think that I think the defense is going to be even better too. I think. The, I mean, there was some good pieces that are going to be missing, but I think they're replacing them with some talented guys and some guys that got a lot of reps last year uh, that were, that are going to be on the field as well. Very true. So they have. There was a lot of guys that needed to grow up, and I think the biggest loss for me is going to be Demarvian Overshawn. I think that was the one that that is going to stand out the most for me on the defensive side of the ball. Because you do have Jalen Ford. He's going to be able to kind of lead and direct. But we saw that in the bowl game. Mm -hmm. That sideline to sideline that DeMarvian was playing with, the other linebackers didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah, They weren't playing at that level. No, you just got natural speed. Yeah, uh, you just it's can't. I mean, you can't teach that. That's something yeah. you can't really teach and develop. Guys just got to be able to run. And Demarvin Olshon, Demo could run. Yeah, he could. Yeah, so I'm with you on. That's why Anthony Hill's so big for them. They got. I mean, yeah. that's why he's gonna play immediately. And uh, you know, the sooner he ends up, you know, playing at a starter type level, uh, the sooner he's gonna lock down that job next to Jalen Ford. Yeah. Uh, all right. We would get to the Jalen Gilbo news, which is those who don't know, there was a uh, report about uh, Jalen Gilbo that uh, he could end up missing the spring. He's dealing with an injury, which is yeah. nothing serious, nothing serious at all. Uh, but yeah, that is also uh, a report that was out there that he could end up missing spring camp due to injury. And usually during the spring, for guys who have, uh, I don't know, proven themselves, I should say, and he's. He's still going to compete for you know, nickel or the dime back. I mean, Jade Barron, I believe he's going to be the starting nickel. But um, if he you know, ends up injured and not participating in the spring, I still think he'll be a guy that will be in the mix for yeah. those sub packages once the fall comes up. So uh, that is inside Texas, by the way. I believe it's uh, Eric Nalene reporting uh, mm-hmm. that he may have uh, – some missed spring practices due to a knee injury that he's dealing with. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Uh, okay, so let's get to uh, some NBA news, notes, and nuggets. Uh, we'll come back here talk about the Mavs, working out LaMarcus Aldridge. Also, they got a huge game tonight coming up versus the Nuggets, who are one of the better teams in the NBA right now. Spurs and Rockets also in action. We'll throw all that into the uh, topic co- conversation as well. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's with my man uh, Patrick. He's plays jams from a soundtrack of a movie. We're supposed to gather clues and hints from those uh, selections, and that's supposed to lead us to the feature of midweek movie music, which Harch got, by the way, and it was Footloose. So today Everybody cut loose. <laughs> we're jamming a, a song from the Footloose soundtrack. Hopefully the, uh, I don't know, hopefully the uh, Mavs are playing with some... Uh, Footloose energy because they're gonna need it tonight. Yeah, they are versus the Nuggets. Well, they, it just came out that Kyrie is not playing oh, tonight. Come on, man! Yeah. Imagine that low Kyrie being already? out already. We low uh, four games exactly. in. We low management. Come on, man! Had to shut it down. Shut it down. I was looking forward to seeing. That was a nice test of going up against because on the road, right against yep. Denver, and the Nuggets are just. I mean, they are playing. Out, out of this world right now. They're just playing really, really good basketball. Yep. Um, and I thought, man, it'd be a really good test because the Nuggets, I believe, have the best offensive rating currently in the NBA. And <laughs> the Mavs, in the last three games, last two games especially, they've had the worst defense arguably in the league <laughs> since Luka and Kyra. I, I'm not joking. Against Their Minnesota, efficiency is so bad. They allowed an offensive rating to Minnesota of 131. They allowed an offensive rating to Sacramento of 126. Both mm. of those were losses. The best offensive rating in the NBA is Denver at 118. Yeah. Oh, man. They're not very good defensively. And you <sighs> you played the sound earlier about uh, – um, Oh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Isn't that crazy? It just it – just, it hurts my heart to hear Jason Kidd talk about we just gonna try to outscore everybody now. And I'm just like, you used to be good on defense. <laughs> you used to preach defense. But the organization went a different way. Yeah. I for think sure. his that sounded audio is part for frustration, part him just being a realist and going, Man, we can try to play defense. I don't got the person I ain't got the horse to yeah, do it. Yeah, I don't it. have the personnel. I ain't got the personnel to do yeah. it. He's he's basically siding with your Dwight Powell yep. take here, Hards like, you know what, that guy's not gonna help me. He's a you know, he's a wet blanket in the middle of the damn uh, floor and he's not gonna really be able to defend the basket at all. Yeah. So he's going playing a lot of small ball. Obviously tonight that won't be the case because Kyrie Irving's not playing, and deciding, you know what? We're just gonna try to outscore teams and if we can't outscore them, then you know, that's the only option we got. Yeah. We're going to lose that game. Yeah, it's unbelievable when you sit back and you look at how <laughs> basketball is being played, not just in Dallas, but overall. Some teams just really don't care about defense. When defense used to be some of the calling cards for a lot of guys in the league, and even when you're on a winning team, you do need some guys to mm. actually try to play some sort of defense, whether it's a big man in the middle and the lack thereof. How about stopping somebody on the perimeter where they can't get there? You know what I'm saying? It's mm. just unbelievable that the that the Dallas Mavericks go out and get Kyrie, which I thought they should. I thought they w- needed to go get another piece to kind of help Luka, but they still need that other part of it to say, those two guys play zero defense. 
and you have nobody else to even remotely try. And to your point, Feeney Smith, Patrick, he was the only person that really enjoyed playing defense. Yeah, Bullock can play a little bit, but but Finney Smith was the guy. Right. 3 and D, baby. And then I was thinking, if you weren't going to do that, you could have went and got a guy like Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is somebody that plays defense. He's a frustrating player to go against because he's going to make you work hard at it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, that's that's really what the Mavs got to figure out. And, by the way, that's what Jason Kidd said in the replay. He said, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we we wanted to make sure that we had a supercharged, dynamic offense. They know they got that. Luca and Kyrie still having some chemistry issues, but mm-hmm. no question. Also, they had sixty nine points combined in the yep. last loss versus Minnesota, and that came down to the wire. And the only reason they didn't get a last shot up is because they were both <laughs> deciding they want to play unselfishly, and neither one of them wanted to take the last. You shot. take it. You take it. I yeah. got it. You take it. So you take it. <laughs> they'll figure that out. But right now, man, it's gonna be hard to score with them. But tonight they got to play the Denver Nuggets, and they'll probably. Probably get used and abused now. Yep. Uh, Why yeah, would they get used and abused? Because Jokic is in the middle. There it is. And they ain't got nobody to stop him. <laughs> they got Dwight Powell. Come on, man. Dwight Powell versus Jokic. <laughs> yeah. You said no body. There's a body there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a body adequate. there. <laughs> but if you want to put, if you want to write bulletproof vest on a sheet of paper, <laughs> take your shot. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Boban in that game versus Minnesota, uh, sorry, Rudy Gobert, yeah, Rudy yeah. Gobert, he had, uh, he was nine of nine, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's crazy, too. Oh, the reason I was thinking about Boban is because uh, actually I saw the Rockets. Um, right? Didn't they sign uh, Marjanovic? I think he's been there, right? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought they. Yeah, I thought I saw a random uh, story about how they brought him back in or something. Um, but I could be off about that. Anyway, I just read that, so I apologize. I'm getting off task here. But getting <laughs> getting back, I want to get to the Spurs here while we got a little time. Spurs are playing right now. Um, Patrick is our resident Spurs fan. Uh, Spurs playing the Hornets now. Uh, Hornets up 38-34. I did see that the Spurs made a signing, Patrick, and I want you to tell us why it's uh, significant. It is. By the way, Marjanovic was released to make all the trades they okay. did. They did bring him back. So basically it was, it was a thing to do. Okay, they just need to clear roster spaces to bring guys in, but then they bought out. They're buying out John Wall. They're buying out all the other guys. Are they going to buy him out too, or is he staying? No, no, the they're going to bring him back, okay. but they had to clear out roster spots. Okay. Just yeah, think sorry. about the fact I, that they got to pay out, uh, buy out John Wall after they got rid of him, after he sat there collecting <laughs> checks, not even playing. But then they got rid of Eric Gordon now, too. Yeah. So they got rid of everybody. They were, like, cleaning but, No, but that was – so you were right. He was he was waived and resigned. Saw, I saw it across my timeline. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I just – He I, was waived and resigned. So that is uh, correct. Uh, but Charles Bassey, uh, yes. he's been playing really, really well for the uh, Austin Spurs. He's played well for the San Antonio Spurs in games he came up. Uh, they get him for a four-year, I believe, like $10.2 million deal. Yep. Uh, which, I mean, that's a solid deal because you're never paying him, I mean, anything really against your cap. But you do have him locked up that if he turns out to be something good, then he's awesome. If not, you wave him, you take a little bit of a cap hit, but it's nothing major. And he is somebody that, in a league where there's not a lot of big guys, to have somebody that can score, can do a lot of things, spread the floor for you, and tries to play defense, he's not there yet, but you can try and train him over the next couple of years to get him in a place yeah. to be like, hey, man, you could be a really solid backup center in the league, but we just need you to figure out a few things. I think it's a great signing. He has been playing more and more for the Spurs, yep. uh, mm-hmm. and there's things about how you can play in the NBDL versus how many games you can do in yeah, the G I saw League that, yeah. versus the NBA and how many times you can call it up. He probably – they could have just not had him in like three or four more games. They said, you know, forget that. We're getting him long-term. 
we like what he can do. So I, I, I like the signing because anytime you can bring somebody to have a little bit more consistency on your team and go, okay, we're going to have this guy for a while, and they did it basically with uh, Zach Collins where they signed him to a two-year deal mm-hmm. for not much, saying maybe he'll be the guy. I think they're, that experiment is – played out enough that they're now moving on to the Bassey experiment. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a typical Spurs experiment, yeah. right? It's like a young guy, just raw, but he's got a ton of upside, too. Um, and the Spurs, they're on a thir- – how long is this losing streak? Is it 13 games? Oh, man, you know what? I, I think it's 13, <laughs> is it 13 you know, games. I think I, I'm it, proud of them for really keeping the right <laughs> objectives in mind. I believe it's just tied their franchise record, but they're trying to lose, so I guess this is – what no. they're trying to do. They're taking for, what do you call it, winless uh, for? Yeah, winless for Winbyama. <laughs> yeah, Winbyama. <laughs> well, that, that 13, 13 game, game losing streak, yes. Tied yeah. the franchise record. So uh, I, I don't know how you feel about the Patrick. I, just, I'm a Texans fan, so I remember you got to watch more of these games than I did as a Texans fan. So I think it's hard to watch your team tank as an NBA fan because you watch a lot more games. Yeah. It is, but I, I don't. <laughs> I honestly don't mind it that much because they do have a lot of young, exciting guys. They just don't play defense in the second half. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what it comes down to. And so the end of games are always like, hey, we're kind of in it. We're kind of in it. And then the fourth quarter, the other team puts up 60 points and they lose. It pops face. Yeah. <laughs> His face but they're good. Up. Like Keldon Johnson's fun to watch. Which yeah, he ain't ma- even mad anymore. Pop don't even he, really he get is. mad he, You anymore. can tell he's not mad. He's, yeah. he's got that zen hey, thing This is what you don't want to be Orlando. You don't want to be Houston. A team that is tanking for the third straight year Agreed. and getting top picks and then yeah. still, still being bad. Still showing no problem. And going like, oh, no, we have to, we have to get 10 first-round picks to be able to. You're like, that's not how you build a team, man. Yeah, it doesn't you even, were just, you're just cashing in on the NBA royalties at this point. It doesn't even feel like the te- the Houston Rockets have tanked. Yeah. They, it, oh, not, they're just bad. They're unwatchable. Yeah, it was like they, to be that bad even after you've already Orlando's not good either. Down. Orlando has Paolo Banchero and uh, Franz Wagner, who are both really good players, and and it, they're still not trying to do anything. It's annoying to watch teams like that. Uh, I yeah. had a spur. I got a, uh, a lot of friends that are Spurs fans. You're one of them, Patrick. Uh, they're excited about Malachi Bannon. Branham and his uh, Branham, yeah. Branham and his uh, February that he's been having. Apparently, he's been playing very well. In February, it, he's been killing he, it. Apparently. He'll be good. He's another guy. It's a good pickup for them, but he's a guard, and so you know, that, guard, guards for the Spurs. They kind of rotate through a lot of these guys because unless you're a star, you're just too expensive to keep most of the time. Yeah. Anybody under six eight, it's really it's pretty easy to find a replacement for in the That's NBA. Fine. It's just that the taller you are, the harder it is. That's why you want to bring in a Bassey. Right. And Devontae Graham, who they just brought in, put up like 30 in his first game there, coming over from the Pelicans, who gave the Spurs picks to get rid of him. Man, the Spurs, yeah. yes, that's why they get all them damn picks. Yeah. The Spurs got a ton they of got picks, four, too. Four, four second-round picks <laughs> for giving them Josh Richardson and taking back the Devontae Graham contract because he's still under contract guaranteed next year, and I think the third year is not guaranteed. <laughs> Yeah, Spurs. That's what I'm saying. Just, they, they they know even when they're they're tanking, uh, you can still see the Spurs exactly they, out out maneuvering other teams even while they're tanking. All right, we come back. We're gonna wrap it up. Put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred the horn. Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash 
Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... mm. Up top again. I just got time. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Coming up next, we have uh, the Flex coming up next. It's a Flex. The Flex. They're going to have uh, Coach Salazar. Yes. Yep. Let's yep. head coach on and Brody Bueno. That's on. right. Who is a huddle, huddle Huddle linebacker That's right A really good player He's going to join them On the flex You want to stick around for that Zach Lucero Cameron Cameron Parker As well And the seed Uh, And the seed No Logan The seed I know you just participate There you go What you got on tap I'm going to go to the crib and just kind of watch a little bit of basketball and do some stuff around the house. How about right. yourself? Uh, I'm going to watch Your Honor. Great show, man. I on still got to watch that. I'll Brian give myself Cranston. some time this Good weekend. Good stuff. Uh, what do you got on tap, Patrick? Uh, we're actually going to go record. Since we bought it off for the last three weeks, going to record a little podcast at Instant Serious. Nice. Uh, to knock out some Super Bowl talk, NBA talk, all that stuff. So we're going to record Money. that tonight, and it'll be up on the webpage, uh, hopefully by later tonight, if not tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's going to be a juicy one. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. I'm talking about it right here on Ball. Don't lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more. Importantly, take care of each other. Peace.